Father, um, God, right now I just want to pray that that this room would be filled with humility. Lord, I pray that you would humble every heart in here, Lord, so we can see ourselves for who we are. Father, I pray that we would tell ourselves the truth tonight about who we really are, about who we really follow, about what we really do, and why we do those things. Lord, I pray that your word would penetrate my heart. It would penetrate everybody else's heart in here. Lord, I pray that you would be glorified. Lord, you would be lifted up high above every other person in here so that we could look to you as the truth and the way and the life, God, our salvation. God, I pray that we can look to you in that way and be humbled so that we would follow after you with everything we have. And Lord, not just, not just come in here just to get our next meal, uh, that the people who, who saw Jesus feed the 5,000, but God, we would just come in here because we're satisfied with you. God, we want you to be most glorified, so we want to be most satisfied with you and, and nothing else in this world. God, we don't want to be friends with this world. We want to be a friend to you and follow after you. Lord, it's in your name I ask these things. Amen. So we've been in this series called Taboo, and I realized the other day that after Kenny said it, I really didn't explain that too well. Uh, you know, if y'all ever played the game Taboo, raise your hand. In the game Taboo, there's like a, a list on the card that you're not supposed to say. Apparently there's a lot of people in here who haven't seen it because either your hands are tired. You don't go to hand raising church, do y'all? What's his name? Uh, what's the name? Hawkins? Um, Tim Hawkins. He was like, how many of y'all go to a hand raising church? And they're, I do. And he was like, how many of y'all don't go to a hand raising church? And everybody just started laughing. He's like, y'all just struggling to get that hand up. And you know, because you don't raise your hand, whatever. All right. So I didn't really explain it very well. So like taboos, things you don't talk about in churches, things that aren't typically talked about in depth. You know, like homosexuality. It might be like, oh, I'm homosexuals, you know. And then like they, you're just like, dude, why are you being so, you know. But like we don't talk about it. You don't explain why it's so, you know, why that is talked about. Or you don't talk about gossip. You just, you just slander those people who do gossip. So really you're sinning while you're talking about a sin. Or you're, you know, you're talking about drugs and alcohol because, because that's something that the preacher doesn't really struggle with. So he's going to bash the people who do struggle with it just by mentioning it in passing. But we want to talk about it in depth. We want to talk about why it is bad or why we shouldn't do it, why it is hurtful, why it is a sin, or why God said don't do it, and why is it a rule, all those other kind of things. We want to talk about those, those things in depth and depression as well. Although this, that may not be what you consider a sin, it's just talk about like, it's just kind of taboo, and you don't really want to talk about it because it's weird. You know, it's like you don't want, you know, people to, you don't want to mention it. And then, you know, I don't know, it's just like a really deep emotional topic. And most of the time you want to stay on the good side of things and make people feel good when they leave the church, you know, not, you know, deep and somber and in thought. But that's what we want to do when we talk about these things because the Bible talks about real issues. It doesn't just talk about walking on, you just walked on water and you just got to have faith so you don't drown, you know, all this other kind of stuff. It talks about deep, real issues and it can heal deep and real issues and then it can change your life for real. It's not just a motivational quote book. It's, it's actually a real thing and a real person. God wrote it and it, it's real to us and he's our creator. And so to know more about him and to know more about the life he created us to live means that we'll live the life that he created us to live. And so that's what we want when we talk about these things. And tonight we're going to be talking about lying. Yeah, a lot of y'all got a little tired. Sorry, I don't really want to talk about this. But look, 
Here's what I want to challenge you with, okay? It's, it's about to get deeper than what you think, but here's what I want to challenge you with. Don't think about anybody else tonight. Think about you. Only think about you. Because here's what I know. There's every, every single person in here has been affected by a lie at some point in your life. Also, at some point in your life, you have told a lie. Can I get raise your hand? Who has told a lie? All right, all you sinners, raise your hand. Everybody. I want to see it. Because if you didn't raise your hand, you're obviously lying. Okay? When your mama says, hey, did you take that cookie out of that cookie jar? Mm-mm. Nope. They didn't. Yeah. I know everybody has lied. So what I really want you to do is to think about yourself only. When I start talking about lying, don't start thinking, well, my friend done told me a lie. They need to be in here listening to this message right here next to me. They need to be repenting, going down to that altar, and then apologizing to me because I deserve an apology for that lie. Okay, think about yourself. Don't think about your friends. Don't think about your Every other person who's told a lie to you, don't think about the pain that somebody else caused you. Think about you tonight, okay? I know it's kind of selective, but do it, okay? So what is a lie? A lie is an untrue statement that you tell with an intent to deceive. So you're intentionally trying to deceive someone, okay? So there's different types of lies. There's an outright lie, means that Okay, here's the truth, and then you just told a flat lie. I mean, it's complete opposite of the truth. Like, hey, bro, did, did, you, did you just fart? No, nah, not at, I, didn't, I didn't fart. That must have been someone else. I, I didn't, like, whoever smelt it, dealt it, you know? Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody told that lie before. I know all y'all have. It starts thinking in the SAT room, you know, when you're taking the test, it's like standardized testing. It's like, what? like hey, bro, did you? Yeah, I know. Or the elevator fart. You know what I'm talking about? When y'all go to the beach, and there's someone farting on the elevator, you know, they, they, they get off on floor two, and you got to go all the way to floor 22. And yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. They crop dusting. I know. Y'all know, what that, y'all know what that is. That may be like a bad joke, but as far as I know, it ain't. I just think it's funny. All right. So that's the outright lie. Number two, I know I just made y'all feel really awkward, but personally, I think farts are funny. I, I can laugh at farts. You know, my wife, on the other hand, she's just like, golly, what, what? stop laughing. That's not funny. But anyways, number two is the half-truth, okay? Here's the half-truth, okay? Hey, yo, boss, man, uh, I, can't go to, I can't come to work tomorrow. I got a doctor's appointment. See, but the thing is, you can't come to work tomorrow for some reason, but your doctor's appointment ain't till October 31st. You know what I'm saying? So you got... Both of those statements might be true, but together they are untrue. And when you tell it, you're implying that the doctor's appointment is on, you know, tomorrow. So you're implying you are intentionally deceiving the person. You know what they're thinking, but but I didn't lie, though. It's true. I got a doctor's appointment. Yeah. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. Number three, withholding the truth. So when you're telling a story, you know, like cop said, Good cop, good cop, bad cop, it's like, so what happened the night of the murder? And you're like, see, what happened was I was with my friends. And uh, this dude, old buddy came in just knocking on the door, and he just shot, all, he just shot every one of my friends. And, you know, and it was like, but, but what he didn't tell the cop was that he ordered that guy to come kill all his friends. So really he's like a, 
you know, what do you call that, accomplice, or what, what do you call that? Someone who, who you know, he's a hitman. He hired a hitman. And so, like, what you didn't tell him, you withheld the truth. And you told, okay, it might have been true, but he just knocked on the door and started shooting everybody, but you withheld something from that story that was very significant. Okay, number four, rejecting the truth. And why is that, why is that a lie? Because when you reject the truth, you know, when, I, when the teacher says, hey, yo, two plus two is four. There you go. It's not five. Happy Gilmore said it was. He wrote it all out on the board, something like that. Some, no, 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 no. Jimmy Neutron. I watched that as a cartoon. But anyways, two plus two is four, okay? And if you are saying, no, 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 that's not true. Nope. I'm not believing it. Two plus two is not four. What you're doing, you ain't lying you, to anybody else but yourself. You're lying to yourself. You're rejecting the truth. So, you know, ultimately, you're lying to yourself, okay? That's what it is. And honestly, that is the most dangerous of all the lies, deceiving yourself. Now, that we know what a lie is, but why do we lie? In James chapter 3, verse 14, it says, But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. So why do we lie? Every lie can find its root in jealousy and selfish ambition. Every single lie. Because if you want something that you can't have naturally, what do you have to do to get it? You got to lie. You got to find some way you know, if you, if you see somebody else that has something, you can't get the money, so you got to lie to get the money. That's just an example. But jealousy and then selfish ambition stay, stay in the head. You know, someone asked you, did you, did you tell this secret? No, I didn't. Because you want to stay in right standing with that person. You want to make yourself look better. You, you're selfishly telling that person that you, that you did not do something that you actually did so that you would stay in right standing, so that you would not be brought low, so that you would not be looked down upon. You want to stay high. You're, you're selfishly ambitious of your image, of things. Your jealousy and selfish ambition are the reasons why we lie. So what is the result of lying now? A lot of times, lies can result in broken relationships. It can result in a heavy, broken conscience. It can result in the very end of things. It can result in between eternity and hell. But here's what I want to focus on. A lie, you're giving somebody else a false identity of yourself. When you tell someone the thing that's opposite of the truth, they begin to look at you for what you just told them, although what's on the inside is complete opposite picture. And so lie after lie, you have to cover up one lie with another, or you have to cover up one sin with a lie, like gossip. It, it may just be lying altogether, but drugs and alcohol, see, you lie one time about where you are, and then all of a sudden you get more vulnerable to lying the next time. And so all of a sudden you find yourself at a friend's house, and they're offering you drugs and alcohol, and you're like, 
Well, I lied last time. See, one lie leads to another lie, leads to another lie, leads to a deeper sin, leads to a deeper sin, and it just becomes a downward spiral. Before you know it, you don't even know who you really are. Nobody else around you knows the real you, but you told so many lies that you don't even really remember what it's like to be the real you. Who is the real you? Lies can build up so fast and they can be so detrimental. But tonight we're going to look at something. See, lies don't just affect here and now. They don't just affect where you're going to end up in a few years, you know, because you're going to lie to get your, get your way to the top of some company, whatever it may be. Lies don't just affect here and now. They affect something way past this life. And so we're going to look at an example tonight where Jesus is confronted with a situation like this. And we're going to be in John chapter 8. You see... In John chapter 8, Jesus began telling them that he says, I am the light of the world, and if you believe in me, you don't have to walk in darkness anymore. And they were like, okay, why? if you're making this claim about yourself, you know, how are we supposed to know this is true? And then Jesus says, well, it's not just me. You see, the one who sent me, my father, bears witness. And in your law, it says that if two or, two or more people, you know, witness a, a truth, and it, it becomes true. And so it's not just me, Jesus said, it's, it's my, me and my father, the one who sent me. And he starts to tell them, he says, if you don't believe in me, you will die in your sin. You will die in, your, in the darkness that you live in. And I was like, bro, who are you? Why are you telling us this? And he says, he, he goes on to say that I am. I don't know if y'all remember in Exodus when, the, when Moses was like, hey, yo, God, if they ask me who sent me, who do I tell them sent me? He said, I am sent you. And these same words Jesus just used, and these people he was talking to would have known exactly what that meant when he said, I am. He just claimed that he was God. And after that, some people started believing in him. And so he told these people that, he, that believed in him, this is what he said, and this is where we're going to start. It's going to be in verse 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are my true disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so he begins his, he continues on his conversation by laying a foundation of salvation. The reason why I feel like he did this is because it's the most important. The more you go into the conversation, they're going to be able to look back and say, what's the point of this whole conversation? Oh, it's what he started with, salvation. And so he said, if you remain, this is how you know you're my true disciples, is if you remain faithful to my teachings. And then if you do that, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You see, that, that's what salvation is all about. See, first you believe, and the, you believe in that truth, and it will set you free. Not only that, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. So you be faithful to his teachings. You see, tonight I, I, there, there's some people in here that believe. They know that God's word is truth, but they don't follow his teachings. They don't actually follow what he said. 
And say, here's how, here's how I kind of know that. You know, that some of the, I'm just, I just have a feeling, that, you know, the path is narrow. That's why I say that. The truth is that the path is narrow. So there's going to be somebody out of a crowd this big that is not following the truth. But here's how I know that. If you follow after Jesus and you say you believe in that truth, and I asked you, well, what does Jesus teach? What does the Bible teach? Can you tell me a little bit about what you believe? And some of us might say, well, you know, you know don't drink, uh, don't do drugs, don't cuss, uh, you know, love God and uh, love people. What? Ask yourself this question. Do you really do that? How about your language? What kind of language do you use? You see, if you say, well, cussing, cussing's not a bad thing. Well, what would God think about that? If he was right here, if he was right next to you and you were the, speaking to him and he was the one that you were speaking those foul words to, how would you feel about that? And how do you think he would feel about those words? Are you being reverent toward God when you use words like that? And how about if you're talking to somebody else and you're calling somebody else those words? Did God not make that person just like he made you? See, fresh water and salt water can't come from the same spring. If you're fresh water, if you are new and you're alive, you're born again, salt water can't come pouring out of your mouth. They, they can't exist together. You see, one is bitter and the other is fresh. What does your life speak? What, what does your life show? And so he says that you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He's, they said, but we're descendants of Abraham. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? So, so what are we free, set free from? And I'm sure you know the answer. But it says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied, if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you were trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He always... He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and a father and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. See, what Jesus was saying, he said, I can set you free. 
The one who believes in the Son will be truly free. You see, a slave wasn't meant to be a permanent member of that family. So there has to be a breakaway point. There is an option of freedom there. But a son, on the other hand, does not have the option of freedom. But Jesus said, if you believe in me, you no longer have to be a slave to the sin you live in. And he said, but you're not listening to me. Instead, you're taking the advice of your real father. He said, no, 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 no. See, our father is Abraham. He said, no, your father is, you're not really children of Abraham because if you were children of Abraham, you would follow his example. What was his example? Abraham is known for his faith. You see, he was made righteous through faith. When he went and took his son to kill him, his son Isaac brought him up to the mountain, and his son was like, hey, you know, here's the wood, here's, here's the altar, but where's the lamb? And so, and so God told Abraham, hey, you got to kill your son Isaac. But right when he was about to put the knife in his chest, God offered a ram. And so that, so that in that, he showed him that, that for his sin, there was a substitute. And so instead of killing his own son, there was a substitute. And Abraham had faith in that. And because of his faith in the son coming, in, in the future salvation coming, it was counted to him as righteousness. And he said, if Abraham was your true father, you would follow his example. Because what do little kids do? If daddy spits on the ground, what do you think a little buddy's going to do? Well, you know, I'm talking about, you know, and it's like, hey. And then the wife's like, hey. Don't do that. Oh, my bad. You know, I didn't mean to do that. Or you, or you say something like, dang it. And then the little kid says, dang it, for no reason. You know, talking about it's like, where you, where you learn that from? Or, you know, little kids, it's just they, they just like a sponge. And so they imitate their father. And he said, if you are really children of Abraham, you would imitate your father and have faith. He said, no, no, we're not illegitimate children. We know who our father is, and our true father is God. It may not be Abraham, but it's God. You know, they started getting real boastful about it. And then Jesus was like, no, no, no. See, even worse than that, if God were your true father, you would love me because I am from him. And he said, he goes on to say, you see, your father isn't Abraham, and your father isn't God, so your real father is the devil because you act just like him. You see, he was a murderer from the beginnings. What did he do? What did Satan do? See, he was in the garden with, with, with Adam and Eve, and they were, you know, they were floating around. They were trying to, they were trying to find some food to eat, and then, and then Satan comes up to him, hey, why don't you eat from this tree? And they was like, no, no, no. So we're not supposed to eat from that tree because God told us not to. And lie after lie after lie that Satan told, Eve grabs the fruit and eats of it. And what happened when she ate of that fruit? She became spiritually dead. God said you would surely die. And that's exactly what happened. And then Adam ate of that fruit and then he became dead. He was a murderer from the beginning. And it says that he tells nothing but lies because he is the father of lies. He's the father of lies. Of lies, And when he tells a lie, it's just consistent with his character. No truth is in him. And so, as his children, as the devil's children, they naturally can't hear the truth and truly follow after because they're following his advice. They're following his ways. 
What about you? You see, when you tell a lie, when you live in sin, it shows something about your character. And can I tell you something too? Your lies, they never stay hidden. They always come to the surface. And see, right now, Jesus is calling them out, telling them that their real father is not God, that they are not okay, that when they die, it's going to be bad. And see, when you lie, when you look deep within yourself and you ask yourself who you are, who are you really children of? I'll go ahead and tell you, if your life is filled with lies, filled with foul language, filled with sin of every kind, filled with gossip, filled with alcohol, drunkenness, filled with getting high, it's filled with all these different sins, filled with sex before marriage, filled with worry, filled with everything, full of just just wanting money, wanting a life that's lavish for yourself, selfish ambition, jealousy, covetousness, idolatry, all these different things. I'll tell you who your real father is. It's not God. You see, there's some of us in here. See, he's talking to people who believed in him. He's not just talking to a, a big crowd of people that, that, that didn't believe in him and trying to get them to follow after him. He's talking to people who have already said, you know, I believe this guy. He said, but your real father is not God. So I want you to ask yourself, who is your real father? And I want to ask you, who are you telling a lie to? See, you're not telling a lie to God. See, he knows. And if you're telling yourself that you're okay in the condition you're in, you're only lying to yourself, and it's killing you. It will ultimately end in your death. And if your father is God, I tell you one thing, you won't be in bondage. You'll be set free from sin. Now, I'm not saying in your fresh spring of water that every once in a while a couple, a couple of droplets of ocean water might get in there, but does that couple of droplets of ocean water make the whole spring salty? No, it won't. So when you're a child of God, your life will not be characterized by your sin. And there are plenty of people, oh my goodness, it is so burdensome when you're talking to somebody who, who believes in Christ, who believes in God, and, and they say they do, and they say they go to church, like, hey man, are you a Christian? Yeah, I go to the church right down the road. And you talk to them, you talk to them, but you realize that their life is not full of truth. That they're living a flat-out lie. They're living in sin. And it's not, that, it's not that you just be like, man, you're a liar and I can't stand you. It's, you're looking at them like, man, do you not know? Man, do you not know what you're doing to yourself? You're not fooling anybody. You live one way outside of church, and then when you go into church, you're just hoping that nobody gossips about what you did last weekend. Or, or you may not even do anything bad, but you know in your heart you know in your heart whether you're just following some rules and doing a couple of habits. You know, you come to church on Sundays. You see, giving your money and your time to something that you don't really even believe in, that's not going to be a true investment after you die, that's a big old waste of time and money. You might as well just go spend it on something else. Might as well. 
Because when you come in here and you don't really believe it, and it's not something you really want to do, and, and, and you're not really, you know, living your life for God, and Jesus is not your real Savior, then why are you giving 10% of your income just to follow something that's not even real, just so you can lie to yourself? What's the point in that? And why do you spend, you know, countless hours at church? It makes no sense. It makes no, it's a big waste of time and a big waste of money if it's not truly what you're doing. And Jesus is calling them out on it. You shouldn't do that. You see, it's not, about, it's not about spending your time or your money on something. It's about truly following after him and truly following after his teachings and being set free. You see, you can come to church all you want, but there's going to be some bondage in there that you can't get over. I'm telling you, you believe in Jesus, it will be set free. You will not feel that bondage anymore. I'm not saying life won't be hard. Obviously, it will be. But I'm saying that bondage of sin, you will no longer be its slave. You'll be a child of God permanently because a child doesn't get separated from its family. A slave does. But you can be separated from sin. You can be set free from it. You can become a child of God when you truly believe in Jesus Christ. He go, they go on to say, the people retorted, you Samaritan devil, didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me, for I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth. Anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. The people said, now we know you're possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets die. But you say, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. And you are, great, are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, if I want glory for myself, it doesn't count. But it is my father who will glorify me. You say, he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. But I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you, how can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. You want to know what they figured out whenever he said, I tell you the truth, before Abraham even was born, I am. You know, let me tell you what they figured out. They figured out something very real and very profound and very scary. The fact that Jesus was himself God and that God knows everything. Because you see, in their pride, they couldn't accept that they were liars if they believed in a lie and lived a life of lies. You see, in their pride, they picked up stones to try to kill him. And he's already told them twice, no, instead, you're trying to kill me because I told you the truth. And the truth is, is that you didn't believe in the truth, which is Jesus Christ, and you have not been set free from your sin, and you will die in your sin. They did not want to believe that. What about you? Are you telling yourself a lie? And if you are, it's not me who knows it. It's not anybody else in this room who knows it. 
Now, they may be able to see it through your life, but I'm going to tell you something. You can hide it from a lot of people, but you cannot, for one second, hide from God. He knows where your heart is. You say, I know God. He's my Savior. And He knows whether you really are or really aren't. So tonight, my challenge to you is this. Tell yourself the truth. Be real with yourself. Who is your real father? And if you are a slave to sin, if that's your lifestyle, there's really good news for you. There's really, really good news for you. That those who believe in Christ, the Son, you will be truly free. You will be truly free. When you obey Him, you have the strength to no longer go and dwell in your sin, but you have the strength to do something good, to obey Christ, to do something good and purposeful with your life instead of just wallowing in sin, doing nothing, making your life meaningless. There's really, really good news for you, and His name is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross, took all your lies, took all the sin, took all the shame. You see, you may not be wanting to admit the lies in your life right now because you're ashamed of what they are. You might be ashamed of how you've lived your life saying you know God, but you really don't. You might be ashamed of such big lies or a lot of little lies that got you to where you are today, but he nailed the shame on the cross as well. You see, when you're set free, you're not only set free from the sin, but you're set free from whatever comes after that. There may be a little bit of consequences, but I promise you the strength will be there. You'll be set free. You don't have to be held down by your shame. You're set free from that. You're set free from the guilt that you feel. You're set free from all of that. And that's what the Christian life is all about. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one gets to the Father except through me. If your life is a lie, you cannot get to the Father. Because you cannot get to the Father without truth. Let's pray. Father, I just pray for the person right now dealing with the lies in their life. Lord, I, I know this was hard to hear. But God, I pray that, Lord, unlike the people in the story, I pray that they were humbled by your word, knowing that you know their hearts. Father, I pray for the people struggling with a lie in their life right now, Lord, they would just, they could just let it go and, and tell the truth, God. Let all that weight come off of them and, and stop living in a lie, stop being a lie, stop following the father of lies and instead follow after you. I just, I pray, Lord, I pray for humbled hearts. Lord, I pray that they would feel your love. Lord, I pray that they would feel your grace. And God, I pray that they would be set free. Lord, it's in your name we ask these things. Amen.